You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B. And this is episode number 212, the book club episode. Welcome to the Fitness Matters Podcast, where every week we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. I'm Paula B., YouTuber, certified life and weight loss coach, soon to be author, and your best middle-aged fitness friend. Are you ready to talk about the fitness mindset that matters to you? Me too. Let's go. Hello, 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 my friends. You guys, I am so excited about this episode. You don't even know, except that you're about to know, because here it is. It is time for the Paula B Book Club in partnership with Chirp Audiobooks. This month, we are reading slash listening to The Menopause Manifesto by Dr. Jen Gunter, a book I loved so much that I just had to share it with you. And for those of you who don't know, Chirp is an audiobook retailer that offers incredible prices on all kinds of books, um, like this one, which is discounted from $26.99 down to $2.99 for the whole month of November. So if you haven't gotten it yet, go grab it. And if you're brand new to Chirp, you can actually get $5 off of your first purchase with the code Paula5, which is P-A-H-L-A and the number five with no spaces. And you guys, you are going to love this one. On the podcast today, I have invited my friend Lori to have a conversation about the book, about our experiences with menopause and what we learned from the book and what we got out of it. And it's going to be so much fun. I absolutely invite you to join the conversation too. At the end of the podcast, I've got all kinds of ways that you can get in touch and you guys enjoy. All right, Lori, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited because you are literally the first person and therefore the only person that I've ever had on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You. Thank you for having me. This is Absolutely. so exciting. Absolutely. So, so for the viewers slash listeners, we were, we were having a bit of a conversation just to kind of get ready for this conversation. And we were kind of joking about how, when I asked Lori to introduce herself, that it sort of feels a little bit like menopause anonymous, like, hi, my name is Paula. And it's been three months since my last period. (laughs) But because we are talking about the menopause manifesto today for this book club episode of the podcast, I do think it's kind of important to get a sense of where we are with our own menopause transition to like be able to really talk about like where we are and what's going on and how the book was effective or if the case may be ineffective for where you are. So, so Lori, do you mind telling us how old you are and where you are in your menopause transition? Hi, my name is Lori and I am approximately six years past my uh, past official menopause. I would say if by definition, as, as she says, um, it's, a year after your last period. Mm-hmm. I got my second to last period on my 50th birthday. I am now 57. Um, and so I got my second one in that that February, like 30 days later, which was weird because at that point I had been, you know, every six months or so. Um, oh, wow. And so on my 50th, I got it on my birthday. Not a great present. Of course. Then- I just had my period on my birthday too. <laughs> it's a thing. I think it's, it's like, apparently it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the menopause, the gift of menopause. Yes, exactly. Um, and so then, yeah, and then so that February of uh, you know 2014 um, was, I think, my last. What was the last one that I had? So, yeah, so interesting. Now, before we even get into it, I am so curious about your personal menopause transition because, like, did you have? other women to talk to your mom or sisters or anybody else that was going through it at the same time as you? 
Um, I do have, I mean, I have a group of friends who are all almost exactly the same age as me or within a couple of years. Um, but no, you know, we didn't talk about it. Like, so interesting. I mean, we talked about it in the, you know, the, the, the very like basic sense, like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for my periods to be done. I'm so over this. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> some people who affiliate like menopause with being old and, and decrepit. Right. And for me, that's actually not where I was. I was just like, please make the bleeding stop. Please make it all go away. I'll take whatever, whatever is required to make that stop. So I felt really comfortable about it. I did talk to my mother a little bit, but more along the lines of what, how old were you? Am I in the right, more or less, you know, age for yeah. this to be happening? Is it any chance that this is actually my, you know, menopause? Yeah. This is actually it. Yeah. That sounds like the conversation that I've had with my mom too. And my mom's like, I don't remember that was 20 years ago. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's not really very helpful, right, but right. okay. Right. No, <laughs> we definitely that... didn't do that. And, you know, when, when, when I got my period and when my daughter got, you know, her period, whatever, there was like, we celebrated those things. Like I got taken out to dinner and, you know, we, we made it like, you know, the womanhood transition and then, yeah. you know, menopause, no, you know, there's no, there's no, well, Okay. I think part of that though, is because you don't know for sure it's your last one until it's been so long afterwards. So, so really you almost want to celebrate it like literally a year later when you're like, okay, this is officially menopause now. Exactly. Huzzah, you know? <laughs> exactly. so and I mean, okay. So I really do want to talk about the book because everything that we're talking about is like reminding me of things that I wanted to ask you about the book. So let me actually start with like super broad strokes, even though this sounds like such a goofy question. Did you like the book? Like, did you, did you actually want to read it before it was part of the book club or had you heard of it before? Like, what was your general, just overall impression of the book? Well, so it's pretty new, right? Like it came out somewhat recently. This year. Yeah. 2021. Yeah, it's it definitely. And so I, I hadn't really heard of it until you mentioned it on either a Q&A or a podcast or something um, that you were reading a book about menopause. And then you kind of mentioned the book and I was and, and I, I was like, oh, I'm intrigued because again, I haven't read very much about menopause. I haven't read very much about, you know, even like I'm thinking about trying to think about novels, like even fiction, like we don't exist in fiction. We menopausal women. Or, and, or we do, but it's not, it's not ever the crux of the It's story. never, like, yeah. It's implied like, oh, you know, she's postmenopausal, like Right, like fun, or or I mean the you know the trope or the cliches of she's in menopause, so she's always hot, or she was always crabby, or or sure. those kinds of things. I think it's, I mean, again, she talks about it in the book, and so I'm I'm thinking about how we how we as a culture talk about it in like movies and things, but it's always it's always kind of a joke in movies yeah. and books where, you know, either as a young woman transitioning into getting your period, like that's, you know, dramatic or, you know, whatever, but also transitioning out, we tend to think of it as like the symptoms as opposed to, you know, biology. Just or a life transition, like it, it you know, <laughs> like to some degree it is, I think. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I really did like the book. I thought it was, um, I loved listening to it um, in her voice, like hearing her, you know, because right? she's like telling her story and she's, you know, like making her asides or whatever. She's hilarious. Like yeah, the first page, I mean, the first page with the Yelp review, I, 
that was that got me just got me I was like no I'm not I'm not going to be done until I'm done with this book let's go <laughs> exactly um and I and the thing about it is that and you know it's good marketing on her part is that it's really cool to listen to her read it but there's so much information in there that I immediately went and was like I mean I downloaded the library book but I like kind of want to own the book because I want to be able to go back and be yes. like what medication did she say is good for this yes. you know um, and, and, and in an audiobook, that's, you know, that, that's what the only downside that I have about audiobooks. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually read, I mean, not the physical book. I was the Kindle book on my, uh, mm -hmm. I'm not even sure if it was Kindle. I don't remember whatever it was. I read it on my phone. Mm -hmm. So I have the, the, you know, the physical on my phone version. And then I listened to the audio and I will tell you the reading experience was very different in terms of, like you said, I loved hearing her voice. I, I think having, her really specifically, there are times when the author is like, oh, okay, whatever. But there are times with her really specifically, she has the gravitas because she is a doctor. Yes. Like it automatically put me in a position of, I respected her. I loved listening to her talk about the science and pronounce things correctly. <laughs> Cause I was curious when I was reading the version, I was like, I don't know how to say this word. So, so I really did like having both versions mm -hmm. because, well, because I also follow her on TikTok. Oh, you <laughs> so do? I do. So I, I feel like I know her. Like, I, I feel like I know her face. I feel like I know her voice. And so having her just reading the book to me, I felt like we were having a conversation. Like she was telling me things. And I found myself talking back to her sometimes like, oh, really, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sure people do to me during the podcast, you know, oh, all the time, yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I will tell you that even having the, the readable version, there were times with the dense science that I was like, I'm going to have to come back and read this sometime right. when it, when I need it, because there was nothing about memorization that was going to happen. Like I, it was very interesting, but it was also kind of like not skimming, but not really trying yeah. to commit any of it to memory. So yeah, both it's versions weird. were, had their own, their own like skimming going on. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, I mean, I think it's written to be a resource guide in addition to being like a, a dump of information so that you can like kind of shape your perspective around menopause. Mm -hmm. And then like, but then there's also all this really meaty specifics like, okay, I can't remember. Did she say which vitamin D should I be, you know, which vitamin B should I be taking and which one is completely useless and just makes expensive urine, which I love or expensive pee. Or exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, we can get to the, the kind of specifics about the, the information that you found most helpful, but you know what, maybe that actually is a really good transition for that because in addition to simply liking the book, I found it very entertaining. I enjoyed both reading and listening to it. I, I feel, and maybe it's because it was the second way that I heard it. I liked listening better because I had already absorbed a lot of the information. And so I, it felt so much more like a conversation hearing it the second time. And I almost wonder if no matter which way you go, if the second time you're going through it, the information will feel a little bit different. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, I really don't think I will reread the book. I think I want to have the book for a reference. Oh, um, I think that the experience of listening to her, like I got, I got the story, the story, right? Like I got the, you know, what she's trying to tell us about, you know, how society shapes perspectives and, and how medicine works and how um, lack of medicine works and lack of science works. And yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, 
the, the basic ideas I totally was able to, you know, get, and I get it better when I'm, when I'm um, listening than when I, oh, than when I read oftentimes. Interesting. I, I think I go both ways on that. And it'll really depend on the kind of information as to which way I take it in better, because sometimes I, sometimes I have to hear something and sometimes I have to see something and I almost never know which kind of information is going to be which, but truly in this case, I do feel that hearing it and seeing it mm-hmm. really helped me absorb a yeah. lot of it. And, and actually what you said about just kind of getting the, the broad strokes of it, that's what I want to ask you next. Like, what do you think was your main takeaway? And you can have more than one, even though I just called it a main takeaway, <laughs> but, but what do you think your, your personal, like, wow, this is the thing or the two or three things that I got out of the book that that maybe you weren't expecting or that you were that really helped you or like, what do you think your main takeaway was? So I think to some degree, I went into it thinking, well, I'm postmenopausal and, you know, by, by more than a handful of years. And so, you know, not sure how much of this is going to be relevant to me. Oh, interesting. Um, And so I was able to really take away a lot for the place I'm in, right. The, the, this postmenopausal place where, where, you know, the memory loss, um, you know, the, the sexual you know, issues, the, the health issues are, well, I mean, the health issues are even, you know, the further down the road you go yeah. past, you know, past your last period, the more likely you are to be having some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think those things are, um, it was, it surprised me how forefronted those were, or at least how forefronted I could make them. So, you know, I could ignore the, the stuff about what's happening as you're going into menopause, though I still have the occasional hot flush. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a problem for me anymore. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I was able to ignore the stuff that I not ignore, but take in and be like, oh, that's interesting how other people would probably, you know, use that. But there was so much in there that was relevant to me. That's and I hadn't actually thought about that because I mean, I am still in the menopause transition. And so for me, I felt like the entire book was written for me. And that's very interesting. And I'm super glad now that that you are postmenopausal because that's really interesting that it was still very helpful for you to have the information and that it was still relevant for you. And I think that's such a good point about the book is that menopause isn't like this, this temporary inconvenience. Like it's not something that happens for a couple of years and then, and then you're done. It's like, no, you are literally transitioning from one part of your life into another part of your life. And it is, I I love the way that she referred to it as a spectrum. Like Mm -hmm. you are going from a to B, but B is ongoing. Like there's, there's more things that happen that have not nothing to do with your period, but nothing to do with currently having your period. Like your health continues on this continuum throughout your life. And so much of it is actually related to either having your period or not having your period. Right. So I'm going to ask you, what do you think was, it's a weird question, but what do you think was the scariest information that you got out of the book? Like, was there anything that surprised you where you're like, whoa, I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, I don't know that didn't even know there was a thing. I will tell you that I literally stopped the audiobook after she said that multivitamins were useless. Right. I was like, there is never, uh, what? Like, right. and I'm a, like, I'm a skeptic. I don't take most supplements. I am not one of the people who goes for, you know, I, I, I avoid 
anything. Yeah. I, I believe that I should be eating my nutrition and, um, you know, so I, but I was like that one where I was just like, are you kidding me? Really? Those like, cause every doctor has told me to take a multivitamin, yeah. you know, ever. Yeah. So that one really shocked me. Like I did not see that one coming, even though it was an entire chapter in alphabetical order of all the, <laughs> of all the supplements you, and whether you should or should not take them And 90% of the time she was like, Nope. Well, and that was, I mean, I'm going to interrupt you, but that was my biggest takeaway from the book too, that I was like, I've always been skeptical about supplements, much like you. I mean, it, I remember reading, oh my gosh, years and years ago, I don't even remember what resource it was, but I remember reading something or hearing something about how it's an entirely unregulated industry. Like there's nothing about it. And it says on the label, you know, not approved by the FDA or, you know, these have not been, you know, confirmed or anything like that, but, but you still, it has the, it has the, like, the legitimacy of being on a shelf in a pharmacy and you think to yourself, well, of course I should take vitamins or of course I should take supplements. It, it has all these claims on the, on the, on the label. And it's like her statistic about what was it like 80% of certain supplements don't even contain the thing that they say they're going to. I was like, are you kidding me? And I had heard, I mean, I've heard bits and pieces of things like that, you know, yeah, but that, like that, all of that was just so shocking to me. And then the other one that was not shocking to me, but it was a little bit disappointing to me. And also, and I should say, you know, I've spent my whole career as sort of a medical and, and science writer and editor. Yeah. And so um, I remember the HRT controversy and I remember writing articles about, you know, why you shouldn't take HRT, right? Or, you know, editing articles about it or promoting, you know, research studies and, and doctors from, you know, the universities I've worked at that promoted that. And then her, you know, A, pointing out that it shouldn't have ever been called HRT. And then second, you know, hormone replacement therapy. And then, you know, now that it's, you know, menopause, uh, what, what, MHT, right? Is MHT, yeah, menopause hormone therapy. therapy. Yeah. yeah. And like, the fact that that never, it never even occurred to me that I would or should take it because I had it in my head, like, you know, HR, first of all, HRT, HRT equals breast cancer, yes. right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You and I, I mean, close enough in age and my mom was actually diagnosed with breast cancer right around the time that that study came out and she had been taking hormones. So everybody was like, that's why she got breast cancer. I mean, it had never occurred to me even though, even though, again, I'm so, I'm so skeptical about so many things. Like right. I know that science is evolving. I know that we learn new things. And yet that 20 year old information about, of course, if you're taking hormones, you are going to get breast cancer. Right. It had not occurred to me to question that. I, that mm -hmm. was actually the thing that I liked most about the book it truly was that first of all, just her whole tone of, you know, here's the science as it stands right now here's the science where it came from. Like, I loved the history lessons that she gave, like loved hearing the history of the word, hearing the history of treatment, hearing the history of how things have evolved and where they came from. Like, I, I enjoyed that so much. And then to have her say, sometimes something gets blown out of proportion. And then there's so much misinformation that we can't even hear the new information as it comes up. Like to be able to read that in a book and be like, this is where the science is right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of your fears are completely overblown. I, that just felt like such a relief. I mean, to me personally with my family history of breast cancer, I'm like, right. 
for those of you who don't know, I mean, my mother had breast cancer and my sister died of breast cancer. Like it had never occurred to me that I would be able to take hormones if I needed to. I mean, and this is, I'm going to ask you a personal question because so far my symptoms feel really manageable. Like really I'm noticing symptoms. I've, I've had a couple of hot flashes. They have not seemed out of control. Definitely having some sleep disturbances, definitely noticing some mood things going on. None of them have been outside of anything that feels like, like, I still feel like myself for the most part. I still feel like I am personally, I mean, listeners of the the fitness matters podcast will know I do manage my mind a lot. So I feel like a lot of these things are within my control, but did you take any kind of hormone replacement or was that, I mean, again, based on the science that we all heard about and feared from 20 years ago, was that just like, Oh no, I'm never going to do that. Well, first of all, it was, Oh no, I'm never going to do that. I mean, I, I, I had talked to, I had talked to doctors like who were in the field and who were, you know, who bought all the, you know, bought all the science um, and who, you know, who had studies that said that, you know, these things do increase risk because they do. It was just, I, what I realized from this book was how out of context some of that is, right? That like an increase of this many breast cancer, you know, by saying like it increased your risk of breast cancer by this amount, doesn't always explain to you what your personal risk is and what that means, you know, it doesn't mean you're 60 times more likely to, to get breast cancer. It just exactly. means like one more woman out of a thousand is getting it, but that's actually 60 times more than it was without. Yeah. So, and also my symptoms also were they're They're so, and again, I wonder if I were a little bit more educated, if I would have considered them a little more significant. Right. But most of my symptoms have been along the lines of, I had mild, um, constant, but mild, uh, hot flushes that I could handle mm-hmm. with, you know, changes in diet, changes in behavior, whatever. Um, and they didn't really disrupt things. I, I, I still slept pretty well, even through the, the whole transition, um, you know, moods, but moods, um, but moods. Exactly. I mean, like, can we, can we really just say that everybody has moods? Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, right. truly. And there is a point where, where sometimes, I mean, sometimes we do need help with it. And I actually, one of the things I'm going to interrupt you, but one of the things that I actually really loved that, that she was talking about, and I wish she would have touched on it more because I do find that cognitive behavioral therapy is helpful for so many more symptoms than she really specifically talked about. Cause she talked about it with the hot flushes, but she didn't talk about it nearly as much with some of the other things. And I'm like, Maybe there, I mean, cause truly maybe there has not been a lot of studies about how, because she is a woman of science, she wants to be able to prove what she's saying that maybe they haven't really studied CBT with other symptoms, the way that they have with hot flushes. But I was like, I love that. I love that. That was even part of her conversation that, mm-hmm. that she would talk about how, yeah, when you think about your thoughts that you can change them and that your experience of physical things is different because of how you think about it. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. So Dr. that was, that was actually what a question I was, I had for you, which was like, when I was listening to her talking about CBT, which I am a big fan of anyway, I was wondering, like, is that the same as managing, like, is, 
is what you talk to us about really CBT. Yes. And suddenly I was like, oh my God, why did I not make that connection before? Well, because I, not being a therapist or a doctor or somebody with a degree who does this with a credential, I don't necessarily want to call it something that you would associate with a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Like, I don't want, I don't want people to think that I, you know, am credentialed in CBT because technically speaking, I am, I have a life coach certification, but it's not the same thing as going to med school and being a psychologist or a psychiatrist. So, so therefore I try to like explain the tools, but I don't necessarily say, here's how you might have heard about them from a medical professional, but yeah, that's exactly what we do here. I mean, it is, it's exactly what we do here on the podcast, which is why I was so thrilled when she was talking about it. I loved it. it made me so happy. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was really, I was, that, that made me really excited. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, yeah. So for me, one of my biggest, um, menopause symptoms, again, is why this book was so interesting to me was the kind of the brain fog stuff. Um, and her talking about the fact that that's not really a menopause thing, which in more that it's an aging thing. And that kind of does actually sync with my experience because I feel like it's been more obvious further down the line, like the last, you know, three or four years that I've been noticing like, oh, losing words there. And, um, you know, can't remember what, you know, what I read yesterday. Another reason I, you know, <laughs> downloaded the, the, the to be fair, that version. depends on how I read things <laughs> because sometimes I'm reading things as a novel. Sometimes I'm reading them as a grocery list that I only need to memorize for 15 minutes. You know, like sometimes I'm not paying attention enough to have remembered what I've read. Like right? I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say that right? that's me. <laughs> well, you and I have talked about memory. I mean, we've talked a little bit about memory together and, and, and I've done some journaling on my memory loss and whether it's, you know, is that just the thought that I'm losing my memory or is it, you know, is it just, this is how I've been, but when I'm under stress, things increase. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I don't think I would have taken hormone replacement or um, hormone therapy. Okay. For... So, so that actually brings up an interesting point though, about, about what you took away from like the brain fog part that she was talking about. Did you find, and I'll tell you, first of all, my opinion, I found the book overall to be incredibly reassuring. Like, I know I, I, I just re-listened re to the chapter where she's like, I'm here to scare you about osteoporosis. And I was like, and she did not scare me, but she did bring up some really interesting points about heart disease being far more deadly than anything else we worry about. And yet we never seem to worry about it. And about the part about osteoporosis, which obviously as a fitness instructor, I mean, I try really hard to, to scare you all about osteoporosis, but overall, I just, I found the book so reassuring. And some of it was her delivery. Some of it was, I mean, as she even says in the tagline, like take charge of your health by having the facts. Mm -hmm. Like I loved, mm -hmm. I loved just knowing here are facts. Here mm -hmm. is science. Mm -hmm. Here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. Mm -hmm. And, and I think the other thing that she brought up that, that I feel so invested in, which is why we're having this as a book club conversation, why I have, you know, Facebook groups and why I have a YouTube channel, a place where we can all talk about it felt so reassuring. Like I just, I loved that she was very straightforward. There weren't any euphemisms. It was like, here's my story. Here's what might be going on with you. Here's the science. Here's the facts. Like, yeah, some of the facts were a little bit like, oh, there are a lot of risks. Oh, we are getting old. Oh, you know, like this is going on that's going on. But, but my overall sense was just 
so reassured. Did you also get that vibe off of it or where did you stand with that? Yeah, I definitely felt um, reassured. And in that sense of community, right? That sense of, oh, I'm not alone because especially around some of the, and you know, not to get too personal or anything, but you know, especially around some of this, the, the stuff about sexual side effects of, of sure. menopause For and sure. what is and isn't a sexual side effect of menopause versus, you know, and to me, I'm like, I don't really care whether it comes from my age or my menopause, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, 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 you know, to, to be like, whoa, there's enough women who experience some of the things that I've experienced yes. in these last years that, you know, like that there's a, you know, ideas and therapies and ways you can work with this in, you know, both natural and, and, you know, non-medicated ways. Yeah. And also just to like, hear like someone say it like straight out, right? Like, you know, there can be loss of libido. There can be, you know, yes. discomfort. There can be these things like, wow, like, okay. So, yeah. you know, then, I mean, you can't, you can't ignore that. That means that it's not just you. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and in that same vein, actually really appreciated how she normalized the aging process for men. I mean, she talked about dysfunction a lot and it was yes, like, she did. Oh, okay. That's really common too. Like, again, I think, I think some of the things that I look for and what feels so reassuring to me is just a normalization of, yeah, lots of women are going through this. You are not alone. This is this is biological. This is chemical. There's things that we can do about some of it and things that we can't really do about other of it, but here's some tests. Here's some, this, like, like just even having the conversation that lots of people experience things that you are experiencing just felt so good. Yeah. Just, just to even, I mean, even the things that don't affect me, I was like, oh, that's just so nice to know that that's even known about like, like just that it's, it's out there in the world and somebody has done some research on this, like, right, like right. at all. I just thought that was so helpful. Yes, no, totally. And I also thought that it was really important that she like talked about, so she was very pro-science, right? So she is super sure. pro-science, pro, you know, like, you know, listen to your doctor kind of thing, but at the same time, willing to say like, not every doctor gets it right there, there are, there are ingrained prejudices. I love that she talked about being pro-science, but she wasn't automatically pro-doctor. Did you notice that? Yes. I, that just, even the fact that she said, yeah, sometimes we have communication problems. Sometimes, sometimes you're brushed off and we don't all mean that it just happens because we don't all know everything that there is to know. Like that. I thought that was wonderful that she went there like that. Yeah, that you have the right to be, you know, the 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 old Cy Sims thing. An educated consumer is our best customer, right? Like, um, it's, you know, she basically said, you know, you go, you talk to your doctor, you bring these thoughts forward, and if you're not getting satisfaction, you go and you talk to another doctor, or you talk yeah. to somebody else, or you yeah. know, you know, or you come to this book and you know what you want to ask for or seek yes. out because, you know, yeah you have the right, you know yourself better than, you know, than the doctor is going to. And it, you know, and if you hear the following words, walk out of the office, which I thought was some of the bold ways she said those, I was just like, Oh, well, how about you girlfriend? (laughs) Like, how about that? That was, that was awesome. And I, that actually kind of brings me to, to my next point where, I mean, her tagline is like, empower yourself through facts and feminism. And I, I personally felt incredibly just reassured by all the facts. Like the facts was my favorite part. Mm-hmm. And then 
some of the feminism now, to be fair, I consider myself a feminist. I, I appreciated so much of what she was saying. I did find myself not disagreeing, but this, when she was, when she was talking more about feminism, that was the part of the book where I felt myself talking back to her a little bit about some of the way she approached things. And so I'm curious, like, what was your take on really specifically like the feminism parts of the book? So my daughter would 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 tell you that I walk around the house half the time going, you know, crush the patriarchy. I mean, I'm so <laughs> I was kind of cheering her through some of this stuff. Um, but I will say I was talking to my husband about it. And, um, you know, and I said, I said, you know, like you were saying, it's very, it was also reassuring about men's aging. But I was thinking, like, I could never tell him to listen to this because he would he would just get his back up so quickly about like all of the, you know, you know, Oh, men, you know, men have ruined it for everybody, right? Um, yeah. But it is what I appreciated most, and I think I took the most away from were the parts where she said, you know, if this were a man, this wouldn't have happened, right? And that yeah. that is something that, like, I've, you know, I think we've all experienced, right? And and yeah. the the time that she, you know, the time she said it over and over, like, if we were talking about erectile dysfunction we would not be having this conversation, you know? Um, Well, and here's, I mean, here is where I kind of argued with her. Women's health is, for lack of a better way of putting it, more complicated than men's health. I mean, we do have three kind of distinctly different life stages in a way that men don't. And, And yes, the fact that we haven't studied that is a matter of feminism, is a matter of the way that men have, you know, historically thought about women and and continue to think about women. And it's just so interesting because truly, I I feel like the answer is that, is that we have to study men and women just so differently. Like we think the human body is a thing Mm-hmm. And it's kind of not. <laughs> well, yes, a hundred percent. Like the women's bodies are very, very different from men's. Yeah. But, but so as someone, um, my my son takes um, testosterone therapy for a medical a genetic condition, mm-hmm. and we, you know, I had to talk to geneticists and I had to talk to endocrinologists in order to, you know, figure out what was going on and how to make mm-hmm. this all work. And you know, men have changes. In, like they talked to me about how, like, you know we would do X, Y, Z until the time that would be normal for menopause, not menopause, sorry, for, menopause. for puberty, for puberty, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And then, you know, he would stay on this particular dose for most of his life. And then when, when he got older, we would have to, he will have to reconsider what his dose is because men do have changes in hormone levels. It is why there is more erectile dysfunction as you get older. You know, they do have their own thing. We just don't medicalize it right? They don't look at it as a disease or a condition. Well, and I almost wonder if, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to not argue with you, but kind of argue with you. I almost wonder if there's the weird, almost secrecy that women have too. Like men don't acknowledge getting older either. And I, I do wonder if there is some corollary for men that, that they don't know what's going on with them. Right. That they don't talk about. And I wonder if they need like a safe place to talk about some things. Too, because, 100%, absolutely. I don't know that we really talk about men's aging any more than, I mean, I find, I mean, here's what I find when I look up like exercise science and things like that. 90% of any kind of exercise science, the, the tests have been conducted on 30 year old men, just like across the board. Here's what we know about exercise. If you do hit workouts, 30 year old men can do this. And this is what happens to them. But that leaves out 50 year old men too. That leaves out 60 year old men. Like, like we really 
don't study aging. I mean, as much as being a feminist, I'm going to say ageism is probably half the problem too, that we don't study getting older for a lot of reasons, truly. So fascinating. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, the thing, the thing I argued with her about more in my head was that actually, which was she kept trying to make this differentiation between menopause and aging. You know, she she kept saying things like, you know, well, that's really, you know, associated with aging and therefore out of the scope of this book or whatever. And I was like, to me, menopause and aging, I mean, they're inextricable and I'm not, you know, yes, I can understand that some of these things are not hormone related and therefore aren't menopause related necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I feel like those are very, very closely, you know, obviously very closely tied. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. And I think that I I think, I mean, one of the things that I really liked was how, how many of her topics she came back and was like, we just need more studies. We need more science. Like here is the science and we need more science. I found that to be again, very reassuring, very, (laughs) very helpful for where, where I am and what my understanding is. And there's more to know. I, I, that was the thing that I loved about, she wasn't trying to say, this is the answer. She was like, this is the answer right now. Mm-hmm. And when we know more, I'll tell you more. <laughs> like I found her to be very authoritative with that. Like I'm already looking forward to her next book, you know? <laughs> and actually, have you read her other book? Cause she does have one other book and it, it makes me want to go back and read that one yeah. because I would very much like to to hear more from her. I mean, I found her to be very, very credible, very interesting. I found it to be a very good book to read just yeah. in general. And like you said, come back to as a reference again later. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and now, now I want to follow her on TikTok because I had no, I had no idea. <laughs> she's, she's just as feisty on TikTok, but in one minute increments <laughs> as she is in the book. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, so thank you so much for being here. I know that we could actually talk for quite a bit longer, but I want to be cognizant of your time and the people who are listening to the podcast, because, because we, I, I mean, we could probably talk about this book significantly longer. And this is the thing that I love about having this book club and having a place. I mean, one of the, my big takeaways from the book was that I love that this opens up a conversation that, that we as women can now have like kind of a lightning rod of, okay, here's this book and we can share our experiences. We can talk about your experiences. We can create like a a community around it so that, so that we all have that resource. And I just, I love that. Can I ask you one question though? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. I was, because this was, this is what was in my head the whole time I was reading this book is did any of it contradict for you the kinds of things that you talk about with us? Mm, yes and no. It's funny because I was just listening to this part again this morning where she's talking about weight gain and weight loss in mm-hmm. menopause. Mm-hmm. And honestly, my biggest takeaway from that was I just wanted to give her a big hug and say, come, let me help you with this. Yes. <laughs> because, because of the information that she has is the information that so many of us have, oh, you know, eat less, move more. And, and while I agree with, you know, her parameter, I absolutely agree with her parameters of this is how to be healthy, you know, X number of minutes of, you know, exercise and moderation and things like that. But, but like when she got to the point about weight loss that she was talking about her own struggles about how she's been on a diet for 30 years and Mm -hmm. like all of the things that she was talking about, about, and I say this nicely, but kind of blaming her mom and even just blaming society or the patriarchy. And it's like, 
but you can change your own mind. This is where I wanted her to talk about CBT so bad, where I was like, but no, if you, if you have the tools, you can think about this any way you want to. Like, like come listen to my podcast, Jen. <laughs> Join the hive, right? Exactly. So I didn't find anything that she said to be like contradictory as far as the science. I mean, she talked about how estrogen has a lot to do with inflammation, which is part of what happens to us when we, you know, don't recover from exercise as well as we used to. I and mean, that is, that is part of the weight gain. And she even said, there's a lot about weight gain. We don't understand. We know where it goes. It goes to visceral fat instead of subcutaneous, but the mechanism by which that happens. And I mean, obviously when I talk about it, I'm simplifying, I'm not a doctor. So when I say, oh, it's estrogen, it's estrogen and so many other things. Like, like, as she even said, the science isn't a hundred percent clear. We know it happens. We don't entirely understand the mechanism and it can be frustrating to try and, you know, to lose weight when, when we don't understand all of what's going on. So I didn't find anything to be like contradictory, but I definitely, I definitely just wanted to like, come here, Jen, come, come here, my friend that I know on TikTok. <laughs> I know you so well. So come and talk to me. <laughs> well, maybe Chirp can like hook you guys up. So. Right. Wouldn't that be awesome? I, yeah. would, I would love to be friends with Dr. Jen. <laughs> So funny. And now I feel like such a, like such a stalker. Cause I was realizing like, I follow her on Instagram and TikTok. And then I specifically asked to read her book on my book club. Like, I swear I'm nice. Dr. Jen. I swear. <laughs> so funny. So we all feel about you. So it's okay. Right. And that's the thing. I don't think any of you are stalking me. I think it's just, I think that is the great thing about this day and age where we do have access. And then this is again, what I liked about the book. I feel like we have access to her as a friend and as a place to have this conversation and have this community. And it, it made me so happy to be able to like, to introduce this book to so many people because I found it so helpful. So reassuring, so, you know, empowering through facts and feminism. Like, just like she said, her, she really delivered on that tagline in the book, right? Yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So do you have any more questions for me? I was going to wrap it up again, but I'm like, no. did you have anything? No, I think I, that, that was my main one. I was just most interested in that part. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> so Lori, thank you so, so much for being this here today. Fun. So much fun. So exciting that this is the first of our book clubs, there are more to come. And I'm going to tell you all about that in just a minute, but I'm going to say goodbye to Lori first. And then I'll like, then I'll like finish things up. So thank you so much for being here, Lori. So I will talk cool. to you again soon. All right. Bye. <laughs> okay. So that was like totally amazing, right? I know. I know. And if you haven't read the book yet, seriously, go get it, go get it so that you can join the conversation. You know how to find me. I'm on social. I'm everywhere. And, and you can actually leave feedback for Chirp audiobooks too. They would love to know about your experience with the book and the book club. You can get a hold of them at bookclubs at chirpbooks.com. I'm looking to make sure I have it in my notes right here. I want to make sure that you send the email to the right place. My friends, this was so much fun. And I can't wait for next month where we are reading Brene Brown's The Gifts of Imperfections. So again, if you are brand new to Chirp Audiobooks, you can head over there and get $5 off of your first purchase with the code Paula5, P-A-H-L-A and the number five with no spaces. I am so excited to talk to you about that one too. I hope you had fun with this today. Let me know. And thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. 
If you're getting a lot out of the Fitness Matters podcast and you're ready to take it to the next level, you're going to love the Get Your Goal Coaching and Accountability Group. We take all the theory and knowledge here on the podcast and actually apply it in real life on your real weight loss and fitness goals. It's hands-on, it's fun, and it works. Find out more at paulabfitness.com slash get dash your dash goal. And let's get your goal.